will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, Tom. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? The price is wrong, bitch. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this week's episode of the podcast, uh, this is actually our 100th episode, um, and it's not what we originally planned to do for our 100th episode, but uh, we felt like this subject was something we wanted to talk about. Um, It's going to be a pretty overtly political podcast episode this week. Um, Not because we want to talk about politics, but the subject matter does dive into kind of politics and the political nature and the kind of uh, current um, environment we find ourselves in, in the entertainment industry and stuff like that. Um, So we advise that if you don't want to hear anything political or you you just, you know, don't want to even listen to what's going on with the Jarena, uh, Jarena, the Gina Carano firing uh, by Lucasfilm. Uh, you can go ahead and skip this episode. We're we're pushing our special kind of planned celebration episode probably later on. We've got, like I've said in previous episodes of the podcast, we got to get some stuff into place before we can start uh, doing what we originally had planned, and we want to. Not that we need to have like all the bells and whistles, but we want to put out something really good for that episode. Um, so Pat and I discussed this. Uh, Leslie has some thoughts, but she uh, just wanted to keep those thoughts to herself. So she's not joining us this week and she's got her own podcast uh, to deal with. So uh, if you don't want to listen to our our uh, political thoughts on this subject, go listen to her podcast. Uh, she's going to be covering all that sci fi stuff and, you know. It'll be more escapism than what we're talking about this week. Um, so, you know, we have been you've been warned. Uh, this is kind of also a toe dip in the water. Pat and I have talked about maybe doing 
a separate podcast outside of Critics Not Cynics where we do kind of look at some political stuff and not like seriously discuss anything, you know, like that we're going to have plans on how to fix it, but basically criticize and make fun of shit, right? I mean, essentially just... uh, (laughs) Yeah, shit talk. Yeah. You don't need to have, always have a plan to fix Right. Stuff. Not that we won't, like, come up with suggestions or something like that, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have plenty of things to roll our eyes to and make fun of. I don't know how, how much you can fix from the insurance <laughs> No. Industry. Oh, God. <laughs> Nothing. Um, so, yeah, the, cause just consider this as a test episode for, for a potential politics um podcast that we might launch uh, at some point. We don't know. Um, but, you know, we've we've really talked about The Mandalorian a lot on this podcast. Um, we have covered all of season one, and we did one episode covering all of season two. And so it felt disingenuous if we didn't have some type of discussion, right? Of course. So um, we, we don't intend with this episode to offend anyone, upset anyone. Uh, And if you disagree with us, you're more than welcome to disagree with us. Uh, There's nothing wrong with that. We do currently right now still live in a free country, and we do have some modicum of freedom of speech. Um, And, you know, in fact, I, I kind of got myself in some hot water with some friends because of my feelings on this situation. Um, I don't normally post politics on my personal Facebook. I know you don't. Uh, you barely post anything on <laughs> Facebook. Try not. Uh, um, <laughs> and, that's, and, and that's just kind of, I do that just not to, one, upset anyone. And I know that my views, as well as your views, because we're very like-minded, um, we're, we're not as well accepted. I, uh, it's kind of the phrase I want to use there. Like our views are going to upset more people because they're in the majority and we're in the minority in those ideas. Um, I would say you and I are both kind of moderate. I mean, we're, we're for the most part conservative, but we do kind of concede some, some points um, here and there. Like as long as it's not, something that's going to impact our personal freedoms. We're pretty much okay with it. You know, we're both big second amendment person, even though I don't own guns and you own way too many guns. How many you got now? I lost them all. In a okay. That's accident. right. I forgot about that boating accident. Hey, you guys do have a boathouse. So it, it, it awesome. happened <laughs> anyways. Uh, but we, we don't, I think that's part of the problem in this. And this ties into the Gina Carano stuff is that everything is so polarized right now that, um, we can't seem to find a middle ground to have any type of d- reasonable discussions with either side that it's, it's not purely a solely Republican or conservative problem, and it's not solely a liberal or Democrat problem. And I, I think that people that are saying it's us or them are being very disingenuous and are actually probably part of the problem of why we can't try to see some uh, common ground. And uh, so this all culminates with the Gina Corona firing. And I think that there are a lot of internal politics, and I'll, and I'll get into what I think is really the reason why she was fired versus what we're being told is the reason she was fired. 
my my view, of course, will be purely subjective. I don't know if you'll have any thoughts on it, um, but th- it, it is a culture problem within Lucasfilm and within Disney. Is is kind of the broad strokes. It's not necessarily for what she said or what political party she supports. Uh, I think it's purely a culture and image problem within Lucasfilm and within Disney. Um, so as most of you probably already know, since we're coming onto this uh, about two weeks late, uh, Gina Carano was fired, in my opinion, unceremoniously for a tweet, which was not even her own words. It was an Instagram post um, from a, a Warrior Priest Gym podcast on Instagram. And it was a lot of people, I think, miscategorized it. They called it very anti Semitic, uh, that it was uh, belittling the Holocaust. If I've. Isn't that what you heard? And from what I understand, is most people saw it as like undermining it a little bit. <laughs> In, in a sense. Yeah, I, I saw stuff where they were kind of miscategorizing it, where she was trying to uh, say that Republicans or conservatives were being treated like Jews in the Holocaust. Whereas um, if you look at the actual post, I think it's it predates the Holocaust. It predates anyone being put in camps and uh, just the general culture and atmosphere of – Nazi Germany, uh, right, you know, at the beginning of World War II and and kind of how the Holocaust got started. Um, and so the post was Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children, because history is edited. Most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? Now, we have that tweet uh, sourced from New York Post, and I I can see where people make that characterization that she's belittling the Holocaust or making an improper comparison. But I think if you take out kind of the historical context of the Holocaust and, and of Nazi Germany, and you look at that atmosphere, that Due to propaganda within within the country of Germany, they were demonizing a, a subset of the population within Germany and targeting them because in this instance, it would be religious beliefs and, and, and cultural beliefs uh, and being villainized by Hitler and by the Nazis. And so what they did is they swayed public opinion of Jews within Germany, and it made it easier when neighbor turned on neighbor to be able then to round them up into camps and do atrocious things. So I think that that's where the mischaracterization comes through is, is Gina's and, – and, and that's the other thing is it's not Gina's tweets. It's not her personal thoughts on the, on the subject. It is something she saw that she felt – was representation of kind of how things might be, not that they are, but they might be uh, considered in current day America. Um, that uh, Democrats or far leftists, uh, 
that uh, and whether it be Antifa are miscategorizing conservatives or Republicans as evil people uh, and that they must be dealt with and that it's kind of the cancel culture that is helping is is not the it, it is the modern day taking them out into the streets and beating them and villainizing them. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? So I'm, I think that as far as the tweet goes, like there's many, there's many um, comparisons that are drawn to the Holocaust that are obviously like not really, like they don't, they, they never look good. Right. Regardless of how you try to draw them. It's never, nothing's ever going to equate to that, hopefully. Right. Um, and I, I just don't see how making that comparison leads to where we are. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, I, I don't think it's a good thing to try to use anything from World War II, whether you're trying to put it in, in a light that makes it a comparison to your current play. Um, you know, I, I I would say the same thing. You know, because people are doing the whataboutism because Pedro Pascal used uh, kind of the t- uh, pictures of the camps and compared that to what's going on at the border with children and and the cages and stuff. In my opinion, both both uh, equations are not necessarily the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you don't evoke the Holocaust to fit a political message. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I I can understand that aspect, uh, but I don't think that that it is um, evidence enough or or reason enough to unceremoniously fire someone through social media. Like you know, from the reports I've seen and and everything, she wasn't even brought in and had a talk to. She might have had a talk to because there were prior tweets. We don't have uh, those tweets. And I can't say I necessarily agree with those tweets, especially without reading them and in the context that they were tweeted. But stuff that she was accused of being homophobic or transphobic. Uh, and I honestly, prior to this, I never even saw Gina Carano as one, an overtly political person. Or even if she was, I never saw her as a conservative. It was maybe only within the past couple of years maybe with you know the kind of the heightened sense that twitter causes for certain people is it twitter highlights the negative stuff it never promotes the positive stuff um and that's one of the reasons why i have such a hard time navigating twitter and i need to sit down with our person that's going to be kind of running the social media side of things is i see it all the time and on our twitter i think we can be um we can't be accused of ever being like overtly political or choosing a side or demeaning anyone in any manner. But what makes me kind of upset, and this is where I can maybe see some of why Gina just started posting things that she felt were her personal feelings, is that the, there are groups on Twitter and, and there are groups within the horror community, within the gaming community, within entertainment community, what, what have you. There are people in there who... Don't like the bullying of people. But then I see these campaigns of where they actively try to block people, uh, take people down, report their tweets. And and sometimes it might be right and sometimes it might be wrong. But I I can't ever condone it. 
Um, I've not repeat, or, you know, reported one person. I might have unfollowed them and blocked them as my own personal choice. Uh, but you know, we, we do have the concept of freedom of speech and people should be allowed to say, she should be allowed to make this tweet. Um, and people should be allowed to not like it and voice their criticism. As long as it's an actual criticism, once you start demonizing someone just because they believe one certain thing, does it necessarily help the conversation? Uh, it doesn't help anybody. It, it just says this person is horrid. Uh, let's attack them. Like it, it gives you the okay then to start attacking them, doxing them, uh, going after sponsors, going after their careers. Uh, I mean, what people tend to forget is Twitter is not real world. Um, it, it, this has – when Twitter is having such an impact, and it's not just with Gina Carano. It's with anybody. Uh you know, I would say the same thing with someone who I don't agree with on the other side. If they say something uh, and then they unceremoniously get it taken down or their livelihood gets taken away, I don't think that that's right either. And we saw this kind of similar controversy with James Gunn. James Gunn made some edgy jokes. Disney fired him. DC hired him. And now Disney's got him back to come back to do Guardians of the Galaxy. And because I think once they realized, not that I, I think his jokes were great, but they're just edgy jokes. Like they are, it's, it's jokes. If there were actual evidence to say that James Gunn was a pedophile, then that's a little bit different argument. Like you have to show verification that he wasn't just joking. Yeah. And, and the other one that happened a few years back as well was Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Um, and as, for anyone that was living under a rock, she did the photo op where she was holding a decapitated Trump head. Um, and I think that I, I think overall terrible, uh, terrible optics. Right. But I still think that she should be allowed to to do such a thing if she so chooses to. Right. Okay. And if you even go back and, and I, I don't know how many people know it or if I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I was a history major. And, and so like, I, I like studying history and part of what got this country started was people speaking out and speaking, you know, against the government or against the British government. And, um, they would, not only tar and feather for people, which is horrible, but they would hang people in effigy. And that's perfectly legal. And I mean, that's part, been part of political speech. It's as long as you are not actually inciting violence or, or actually trying to take the life of that person, you are technically allowed and it is protected to hang someone in effigy because it's, it's an extra exercise of your political speech. And, um, so, yeah, the Kathy Griffin thing, like, I might not like it. And like you said, it's bad optics, but she is allowed to say it. Now, if that causes people to not want to go see her comedy tours or or podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever project she's in, that's then the consequence of her actions. Let that be it. If Gina Carano, if with what she said was so bad then at least Lucasfilm could say, okay, well, we'll keep using her in the program. And then if people really were so upset with what she said, they would stop watching The Mandalorian. And then they would see the numbers drop. And then they can go, all right, 
because of your actions, um, we are we are going to let you go because it's having a negative impact on the project and on everyone else, and and we just we gotta let you go. But that didn't even happen. That didn't even enter into the equation. And um, I, I go back to kind of what happened with Chuck Wendig, and, and this is advice I would give to anybody that works for any type of company, whether it's entertainment or you know in, in insurance, in, any business you work in. Always assume that you have a social media contract with your employer and either have some type of um, uh, of preamble or notation that says that these represent your own thoughts and not the thoughts and beliefs of Lucasfilm or Disney or, in my instance, like Great American. Um, you, you just don't. You put that in there, so then that's a little bit of insulation for that company you work for. Or your your company sits down with you and says, okay, while you're under contract with us, your social media presence needs to be managed by one of our social media managers. They will approve or disapprove of anything that you might personally want to send out, and then otherwise they'll have their own manufactured tweets and stuff like that, as is such with any type of industry, uh, entertainment, or uh, any type of business like 13 below you guys put out uh, all types of different social media posts promoting the business but if someone then started as an employee of 13 below start, start saying out, outlandish things that then affect affect your business you guys would have to take action on that employee um, so I, I think that that that's kind of a, a policy that everyone needs to do themselves, and uh, and I say this because Chuck Windig, who is an okay writer, like I have not read any of his things outside of some of the Star Wars books, but a lot of people were critical of his Star Wars trilogy that he wrote that was supposed to take place in between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, and I've listened to the audio book of the first one, and I, I didn't hate it. <coughs> um, I thought it was kind of fun and, and interesting. Uh, but then people were being critical of his writing style and of his work, and they didn't like it. And he started attacking fans. So Disney and Marvel fired him, and he got very upset about that. But in my opinion is when you're currently contracted with that company and you are attacking the people that consume that product, the company does have a right to step in and say, hey, we're going to give you a warning. If you keep doing this, it's going to escalate to potential termination. So if Gina Carano had been brought in and said, hey, by the way, your tweets, you're doing this, uh, we can't have this. From my understanding is she was maybe warned earlier on once uh, back before this particular tweet. And she was – because there were multiple times – that they've been trying to cancel Gina Carano. Uh, and in fact, I think as much as by the end of season one, uh, there were people that wanted her fired, which I, I, I don't understand. You can criticize her acting if you don't like her acting. You can criticize her character if you don't like her character. But the, And this is where I think uh, I'll go into uh, later about kind of the general culture at Lucasfilm and what I think is really the, the root cause for the firing and the dismissal. But that's all the company needed to do. If Lucasfilm could provide some type of evidence that, okay, we had her in, she signed a contract or she signed a, a, a thing saying, hey, I, I will you know, 
be more cognizant of my post. I won't be posting anything that will be outlandish or outrageous or that will upset people. I won't attack fans. I won't, you know, do this, this, and this. Then, yes, I would say Lucasfilm and Disney are in their rights to have dismissed her. But from what it appears is none of that happened. Maybe, again, prior back at the end of season one, something might have happened. But, you know, usually there's kind of a grace period. After so many months, you you kind of let that warning go and you get a first warning again, as long as you're on good behavior. Um, so I don't know if if she was ever warned because I've seen videos and I've seen articles and all of them are saying that she only found out via social media that Lucasfilm fired her. Like they didn't contact her. They didn't warn her. They didn't say, Hey, let's come in and have a discussion. Um, we have some stuff we need to talk to you about. That's very serious. Uh, maybe bring your manager or your agent in and we'll have this conversation because there might've been a, a way then to, alleviate or address the real issue if, if it was her social media posting. Um, but I don't, I don't really think that's it. Uh, I know I've been rambling. What, what other thoughts do you have? One of the things that you briefly touched on there was like the, how some people see like this as a, a consequence culture versus cancel culture. And I, I think that that's, kind of disingenuous to this situation because basically what these people are saying is you end up having consequences for having an opinion. Mm -hmm. And and then even in this case, it wasn't even her words. It's just a repost. Right. So I, I think that that's really kind of a weird way to say, to kind of for, for the people on the other side of this argument saying that she should have been fired, it's a weird way for them to kind of be okay with this. Yeah. Um, and I think had it be had it been someone else having a very similar situation going the other way, having just a, an opinion and not necessarily one that someone has to agree with and then ending up getting fired, like it, it just doesn't seem right. Right. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Like we we talked about the Pedro Pascal thing. Like I don't – as much as I don't like her getting necessarily dismissed because of this particular post or in fact any post, people were going, well, look at these people working for Lucasfilm and look at these posts that are very similar or maybe even worse than what she posted. I, I don't think that that's even the right thing to do. Like, yeah. you know, just because someone we liked got dismissed for having that opinion, I don't think it's right to then turn it around and say that, well, then these people, because then you are validating it. You're going, yeah, it's okay to fire someone for having that opinion. Yeah, because then, then if you're going to start, if you general, if you genuinely don't want people to get fired for their social media presence, then you have to be even you had to you can't be like a what about is some right oh pedro pascal needs to be fired out or but no you you gotta you gotta look at it just straight across the board it's, yeah yeah you've got to be objective about it you can't be subjective like yeah. my 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 feelings about this then determines this it, no it's like okay what did they say what did this person say well if it's of kind of the similar ilk but on different sides of that argument all right, well, if we're not going to fire so-and-so for this, we shouldn't fire so-and-so for that. 
And I mean, and then again, if you are, then yes, it needs to be applied equally. And that's where I got into it kind of with, with a person that I'm, I'm very, I'm friendly with. And I, and I, I don't hate them for having the different side of the belief, but I, I, I played that logic out with them. And basically they didn't agree with, they didn't like that logic. So then they went to, well, it's a moral thing. Okay, well, that's fine. But morals shift, morals change, and morals can be corrupted. And you've got to look at, okay, well, what does this, if this is a landmark thing, what then can it spiral out to be? Because then it could be anything as simple as, um, oh, I didn't shovel my driveway today. Well, that person's evil. So now you got to cancel them, you know, or something as simple as that. That's being a little bit ridiculous. But, you know, as soon as you take one particular stance, whether it's on politics or I don't like this book or I don't like this, because this is kind of the problem and the reason for the creation of the podcast is people going, well, I don't like this movie, so no one should like it so we can stop it being made. Well, but there are people who can enjoy it. So what's wrong with them enjoying it? You know, and so I I do find it very disingenuous when you go, well, so-and-so said this and I don't like it. So therefore they deserve to be fired. But so-and-so said this on my side and I agree with it. So they're fine. Like, it's just, you got to apply it equally. Um, And I I heard things about her being anti-vax. I've heard things about her being transphobic. I've heard things about, you know, being anti-mask. But depend, and I don't know the the extent of the transphobic stuff or anything like that. But just even going to the mask or uh, the vaccinations, it's her right to believe that. Like I might think she's insane, but it's her right. Like I mean, we are allowed to hold individual beliefs, and and not everyone's going to agree with that. It's just the state of the world. It's it's how it's always been. Grog doesn't like bog, so Grog beats bog up. You know, it's it's as simple as that. We've all had those moments, and I can think of a, a particular instance when I first started working with my company. Um, there was someone I just saw, and I instantly didn't like them. And I mean, I can't explain why. I just saw them, and I just was like, "No, nah, I don't really like this person." And then I got to know them, and like, we don't agree on things politically. But I can have a conversation with them. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like, well, I don't know why I had this instant dislike of him. I don't agree with his politics, but he's actually a pretty nice guy. He's kind of funny and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's part of the human nature that we're going to find something about somebody that we don't like, but we can't let that emotion rule us on how we look at things. It's like you should be Spock from Star Trek. View things logically and not from the place of emotion because emotion, again, it's that subjective feeling. It's, it's, it's stuff that you're going off of a, of a gut thing that, you know, it's just, it could be right or it could be very wrong. And, um, so that's kind of all I got to say about the instance of what they are using as the representation of her being fired. Do I think she's going to be fine? Obviously, I mean, she was a very talented uh, UFC fighter. Uh, I believe that was before MMA, right? Whatever was before MMA. She was she was kind of like the first one of the first women to go into that fighting arena type thing. Yeah, it was it was basically UFC before UFC had a, a women's right. And I mean, I 
the first instance I ever heard of Gina Carano was uh, Haywire. And, like, I was one of the few people, like, I know critics loved Haywire. Uh, but I saw a lot of people, this was when I was working at the movie theater, that just didn't like it. And it, I don't think it was because of her they didn't like it. It was just that the the trailer versus the movie just wasn't what they were expecting. Like, they were expecting a more holds bar out, act, just all straight out action film. And it was more of a kind of Mission Impossible James Bond thing where she was just kind of like a female James Bond, but... You know, so there was more subtlety to it, and it was more jazz than it was like rock. You know, and, and I really enjoyed it. And then, uh, you know, kind of followed her from some movies here and there. Showed up in Deadpool. I loved her in Deadpool, and I, I've really loved her in Mandalorian. And I hate to see this quote unquote cancel culture just like fire up. And and what's sad is I saw people who genuinely loved her when she would show up on The Mandalorian, then also now calling for her firing as soon as this post went out. And honestly, I think the world would be a lot better off if people just, especially on weekends, took time off Twitter. I mean, take some time. Just just step away from any social media. Even podcasts, you know, would probably be a good time to step away would be on a weekend. Uh, it's just you need to kind of have a decompress. And when you're always constantly tuned in to every single thing, then every single thing's going to piss you off. And my dad and I get into this disagreement from time to time. Um, but I, I don't have anything else to say on the, what is considered, I guess the objective firing of Gina Carano via the information that has been provided. I'm going to do my speculation and I kind of want to hear your thoughts on what you think of this. Um, so Lucasfilm and Disney, in particular, uh, and this includes Marvel, and people know we've been enjoying WandaVision. I know you haven't necessarily tuned into it yet, but, um, you know, Leslie and I have been reviewing that, and we've been really enjoying it. Uh, and there are certain aspects of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that I enjoy, and there are certain aspects that I don't enjoy. Just go back to my two reviews of Captain Marvel, my first review being a very negative review on it, and then a rewatch being more of a blase kind of okay i can see more kind of credibility to the film than i originally did because i was coming at it from more of a place again it's coming from a place of emotion rather than kind of objective and i let that impact my review of it but then i decided i needed to rewatch it and kind of then give an objective review um so lucasfilm marvel disney they have an image problem they also have a very strong female image problem. And I emphasize the strong female because <laughs> that's the problem is when you're taking a property or just even like something like the Marvel Universe or Star Wars and you want go, OK, we need to have a strong female character. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to do it in a way that people are going to identify with that character and grow to love that character and go through that struggle. When you provide a character that is not developed, has all these abilities, never uh, you know has to go through any adversity, people aren't going to buy it. It's why people have difficulty with Star Trek Discovery. It's why people had problems with Captain Marvel. It's why people had problems with Rey in Star Wars. So... And regardless of all the books that have been written and characters that were developed there, I would say that two things kind of spun out of 
the Mandalorian. Well, not just the Mandalorian. I would have to say it came out of Clone Wars into the Mandalorian as well. Is uh, especially when you have Dave Filoni and John Favreau involved. These are guys who are talented storytellers and know how to tell characters. So Cara Dune in Mandalorian just be, it basically was just supposed to be a side character. Wasn't anyone that we were supposed to necessarily latch on to, uh, like or dislike, but it was, oh, look, we got Gina Carano. You know her from Deadpool. You know her from being a fighter and stuff like this. Well, we got her in there and, you know, we're, we're making her this trooper. Little did we know when we got season one that we would be introduced to a compelling backstory a uh, a reason to why she's a strong fighter, being a heavy trooper for the rebellion, losing Alderaan, and getting snippets of a backstory and getting character development through several episodes. And this is kind of where I say, uh, as people have heard me say on the podcast in the past few episodes, where especially when it comes to any type of comic book property, I'm almost preferring, except CW because it's gone down the crapper recently. Um, Episodic format for storytelling. Like, I would rather now see everything transition from the Marvel Cinematic Universe to television shows via Disney Plus because I think they can tell more complex and deeper stories that are more character driven and give you more ideas of character motivation and, and world building and character building. So that's what happened with Mandalorian is we got Cara Dune. We got people that all of a sudden latched onto her. She was a strong female character, but she was given extensive reasons why to be strong and we saw her develop through several episodes and change and then we got more of that in season two now the clone wars aspect is ahsoka tano who is a character when i first started watching clone wars back when it was you know before disney plus and all that stuff i hated the character until the later seasons when she became more developed and stronger and had more of a personality and more of a presence to get with obi-wan and anakin and then we got her translated into live action in season two of The Mandalorian. Now we have two strong female characters that were not implanted by Kathleen Kennedy or necessarily anyone at Lucasfilm outside of John Favreau and Dave Filoni. We saw Rey become a failure. And I don't personally hate Rey as a character. It's just they didn't know what to do with her. And by the time we got to Rise of Skywalker... It was a jumbled mess, and even though I like Rise of Skywalker, that final scene when she's going Ray Skywalker, it, it doesn't work. That that emotional heft is not there, uh, and no justification of her being a Skywalker. Um, whereas now with Kara and Ahsoka, we have detailed histories. We we have grown with them through episodes. And then you compare it to someone like Captain Marvel. We get one movie and she has no adversity to overcome. She knows everything. She can beat everyone. And she doesn't really fail. How do you empathize with a character like that? You, you can't. Like you, if you can't – it's the reason it's called a Mary Sue is because they just can absolutely do everything. So when you compare those characters and then you compare the popularity of Kara – it's it, 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 she blows them all out of the water. And so I see it as Kathleen Kennedy, not so much being concerned about what she's saying on social media, because if it were when the initial controversy started back at the end of season one, she would have been fired right then and there. You know, that's that's my opinion of it. What it is, is, well, it helped Mandalorian numbers. 
people have grown more attached to Mandalorian. People are actively demanding Filoni and Favreau take over Star Wars from Kathleen Kennedy because they know Star Wars and they know what fans expect. And they can still put in the kind of political messaging without it feeling like it's bludgeoning you. We talked about the four-woman fire team in the finale of of Mandalorian and how – it didn't even occur to me. It had to. It had to take Leslie telling me that that was a four woman fire team, and because it was so compelling, it was believable. I understood the characters. I understood their motivations, and I didn't see them for their gender. I saw them as the characters I've grown to love. So, I really think that it was oh shit. This isn't helping us, us out, Kathleen Kennedy out, uh, Pablo Hidalgo out, anyone in the, the writing team. And I'm reading the High Republic books, and I'm not hating the High Republic books like some people are. But there are some people that are writing those books that hate particular skin colors, and I think that that's wrong. I mean, I disavow that completely. And in fact, I bought bought her book specifically because I am of the color that she said she didn't want reading her book. Because no one's going to tell me what I can and can't read. I'm going to read what I objectively want to read. Um, and then I'm going to form an opinion about it based on the, on the content of the story, not the author. Um, so I really think it's an image problem. I think that one of the reasons why they're kind of trying to figure out what they're going to do with Captain Marvel, they didn't realize that people actually want more of Wanda and Scarlet, or Wanda, Scarlet Witch, or even um, Tayona Paris as character of Monica Rambeau. They've given her in just a season of the of WandaVision more story, more context, and more character growth than they ever gave Carol Danvers in Captain Marvel. And that's partly because they just wanted to launch Brie Larson and, and go, okay, we've got this strong woman, and but no one liked her. like, and, and no one liked the story. They didn't tell a compelling enough story for us to, to even try to like her. So then when you throw her in and you've got people who don't want her to be the one to defeat Thanos because they've grown to love Tony, they've grown to love Thor, they've grown to love Steve, Wanda, Hawkeye. Like these are characters that were developed over several movies. As much as you want to, um, as much as I love the DC movies, the one thing I can always give Marvel credit for is they do know how to develop characters through a series of films, and DC just is trying to rush. Even though I know those characters from their um, source material. They haven't done a really good job establishing those characters and how they interact with each other. Whereas what they did with those movies before Captain Marvel was establish those worlds, establish those relationships, established kind of the headbutting between Tony and Steve. So we want to see those characters go up against uh, against Thanos and not necessarily Captain Marvel because we got her in one movie and no buildup, no context, nothing like that. So that's ultimately where I feel like the the firing of Carano comes in is just that Kathleen Kennedy didn't like the popularity that was being attached to her. And in fact, this hasn't really hurt Gina. She's part whether you like them or not, she's partnering up with the Daily Wire and, and help producing and starring in a movie for them. And their movie Run, Hide, Fight has done fairly well in the conservative mainstream. Not that that's big, but it's it's made 
quite a bit of an impact. And in fact, I saw one review, and and this is what I'm talking about, is when you can't separate the politics from the product, you have a hard time with it. But I saw someone write a review that said, oh, Run, Hide, Fight would be a good movie if not for all the conservative stuff. And it's like, well, th- wait a minute. Then any movie that I watch, whether it be horror, action, drama, suspense, that has any type of liberal director, liberal writer, liberal actors, then I should I would say, well, those movies all suck, would be great if they didn't have you know all that liberal stuff. I don't care. Like I, I think politics, unless it's a political show like Designated Survivor, West Wing, Twenty Four, uh, even like Winter Soldier, which is a political espionage thriller. They did a good job of like putting it in there, but not bludgeoning or de- demonizing one particular side. So uh, that's just kind of where I come down to is I think that they just saw that she was gaining popularity. She is, I'm going to say fairly conservative. I'm not going to say she's completely conservative because I, I honestly don't know. And uh, I would love if us uh, as a small podcast could ever get her on to interview her. Um, but I don't think that that will ever happen. Um, I, I think that they just saw that someone was gaining popularity and it wasn't someone that they were trying to force or install as a strong female character. And this is one that developed organically that grew a following and a liking. And that's why there's a lot of people that are doing the cancel Disney plus. I don't agree with cancel Disney plus because of the firing of Gina Carano. I, I think any type of stupid boycott stuff like that is is stupid, whether whichever side you're on. Um, but uh, I I think that that's why you see a lot of people going out there hashtagging we stand with Gina because they genuinely like her and they like her character and they don't agree with the firing and they want they don't want Lucasfilm to recast because that's the rumor right now is they want to recast the role. I'd rather personally. Just don't have her show up again. Just, you know, she was going to become a, 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 what, a marshal in the New Republic. You just have that be the explanation of why she's not showing up again, and you leave it at that. If you're not going to have Gina come back. So I know that was a long rant on what I was saying. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on, on anything that I said or anything else that you're thinking. Just to top off, like, how basically you are saying, like, with the run, hide, fight, um, how people are basically saying it's a bad movie because of conservative stuff. I, I think for people like us, um, people are generally on the, the right side of things have an easier time separating politics from like the escapism of media because 99% of actors are all pretty much on the opposite side of the aisle. So right. we already know that going in to what whatever we're going to watch. And honestly, it, it it's all about escapism for us anyways. Absolutely. So for the people on the other side of the aisle to come in and have one person <laughs> with with a differing view, their world implodes on them. Like yeah. they, it's like they don't know how to handle it. I mean, you just kind of look at it as you're not you're not going in to watch someone's politics. You're going in to watch a movie. You're going in to watch a TV show. Like, just kind of get over yourself. <laughs> you know, I've had that conversation with with my my dad because like there are particular actors like he just he he can't stand and he's just like, 
I, uh, you know, I won't watch this movie because of this person or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, if I, I personally, I think Robert De Niro is a Looney Tune. But if I let what he says or what I think about what he says out in the public sphere determine whether or not, then I can't watch uh, Casino or any movie that he's in where he's a gangster. I wouldn't have watched uh, The Irishman. I, you know, wouldn't it's have like, watched Joker. <laughs> I wouldn't have watched Joker, which... It's a small role. It's a small role, but, but still, like if I'm going to let that determine, I wouldn't watch... All the horror films I watch, I wouldn't watch any, uh, basically any movie that is out there, like you said, uh, if if I let the politics determine the actors, the directors, the writers, if I let their personal politics impact how I enjoy my entertainment, I I can't enjoy anything. And, And it is like that whole escapism thing. It's like, that's the whole point. We're, we're watching this movie to escape from the real world. It's why we love movies. It's why we, you know, love podcasts and, and you know, stuff like that. Any type of fiction, books, video games. Um, you know, I played The Last of Us Part Two, which had strong political leanings and, and the storytelling that didn't need to be there. But if I had let my personal politics impact that i wouldn't have bought the game i wouldn't i mean i for the most part other than the 10 hour section where you play as abby i enjoyed the game like even some of the abby stuff was okay but i didn't like abby as a character i I, they didn't again it's like they just didn't establish her enough and i didn't think it was right when people were going after lauren bailey the voice actress for for abby because that's not lauren bailey's fault that's the story's fault it's Neil Druckmann's fault, you know, and I don't hate Neil Druckmann as much as other people hate Neil Druckmann. It's just I just don't I can't do that. I can't go out and just because I don't like, for instance, horrible person. Roman Polanski did some horrible things to some people. But if I let that happen, if I let that interfere, I can't watch The Ninth Gate which is one of my favorite Johnny Depp movies. I couldn't watch Rosemary's Baby. You know, you you could just, you start limiting yourself to what you can watch. And, like, I don't let it impact, you know, if there's something that comes on Netflix, because Netflix is overtly liberal. They've, you know, got Barack Obama producing content for them. They've got all these other different producers that are liberals. If something comes on there that I look at that and I go, yeah, I don't want to watch that. I don't watch it. Like, I think that that's that's part of the problem is instead of canceling the individuals, just don't watch the product. Like a lot of people who are saying, well, if you don't like it and it's not for you, don't read it. Use that same logic. Like you don't have to support everything 100 mm-hmm. um, percent. And at the, at the end of the day, I think that the people that are actively going out trying to cancel people really don't care about the quality of what they're watching. Like they, it's, it's all about gaining these points that in their head, somehow they're, they're winning points or something. Right. And then at, when they go to watch the show, they really don't care about it at all. That That's, that's, that's a very good point to make up because uh, it's what people just don't realize is like, or what even companies don't realize is that Twitter should not be dictating 
company policy, company actions, company products, company people. Uh, you know, when you start letting Twitter run everything, because a lot of it is these people don't consume that product. It's it's like the people who want more progressive politics in Star Wars or or in Doctor Who or Star Trek. They don't like Star Trek. Like they they want something that's going to be catered to their personal beliefs. But they don't they don't go back and rewatch the original series or Next Generation or Deep Space Nine or any of that. Because if they did, they go, okay, this is good storytelling. Like you're sacrificing storytelling for points. And and that's not good for anyone. Um, and and even, even after they fire, it's like the the people that were calling for her to be fired are probably like saying stuff like she should have been fired earlier. Or, and that it actually is. It's it, you you can't win. You're right. not going to win against these mobs. I, like if you're if you're an exec at Disney and someone comes up to you and you're like. Hashtag cancel Gina Carana is uh, is trending on Twitter. Your response should be so. so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because like that's that's just kind of the whole thing is, uh, you know, they they are letting it. Their bottom line is money, right? And Twitter, which I, I don't understand how Twitter, for a company that is basically almost technically worthless how it has such an impact. Like, not even Facebook has this much of an impact. And Facebook is far more intensive and and profitable and scary at times. But people just let Twitter run the world. And, and they hide... It's it's if you want to look at these, like, the, the people that want to go after the Redditors for the whole Wall Street stuff. That That's not the problem. Like the problem is the the other people is Wall Street is everybody else. It's not these anonymous people that just got together and said, "Oh, well, that makes like a a good idea. We're going to try it," and then it caught on. You know, Twitter. It's just it's it's a snowball effect, and a lot of it is is just that either bots or people with multiple accounts or just. They find those echo uh, echo chambers, and this is one of the reasons why we won't even go on Parler. Like, we, I, I know it's another avenue to maybe reach another audience, but I can kind of navigate the echo chamber that Twitter is. I cannot put myself through going through the echo chamber on the other side. And, and it also kind of puts you in in a corner, yeah. to where like people think that you're going to be. That's a thinking, very, you're going to be. You're gonna be on our side. You, that's a very good. That's a very good point because I, I brought this up in my my disagreement with my friend was James Arnold Taylor, the voice for Obi Wan on Clone Wars, created a parlor before parlor got taken down and now it's uh, back up. He created a parlor account to promote his voice work. Immediately, Twitter mobs were attacking him and wanting him canceled because they believed that he, he was right wing and that he was siding with you know white supremacy and all that stuff, and and simply he just was saying no. I just wanted to reach more an audience. Like I, I just wanted to promote my work over here on this other platform, and so that's that's that problem is you have these Twitter mobs and they, you know they they find those echo chambers, they find those people that they agree with and. It's kind of for a further example, because I kind of find find it funny, is that sometimes what it, what it appears to be, and I and this is a generalization, so I'm not saying everyone does this, but the left eats the left as well. 
Um, for, for example, because we know Texas is going through a very rough time right now. A lot of people without a power, with you know, cold temperatures and accidents and all that stuff. Stephen King, and, and this isn't to get into like the election stuff and all that st- and, and whatnot, but Stephen King did a tweet saying, and it was tone deaf. I, I do agree it's tone deaf. Uh, but he said that Texas was getting what it deserved for voting for Trump and voting conservatives. And people that I do know that are left that don't really post left stuff, and that's why I'm not going to mention their name. I mean, I'm sure by, with the context of what I'm saying here, they'll be able to figure it out. But I'm, I'm not even disagreeing necessarily with what this person said. But, you know, they started, they retweeted him and they were like, wait a minute, what does one have to do with the other? I'm freezing in my apartment right now. And I, I, it, it is a difficult time. And that's when you let the politics dictate your life. You don't care about the people. I was ha- Again, I was having this conversation this morning. People are looking at the macro and looking for those wins, but they are not looking at the micro. I was making the argument that I'm not going to cancel Disney Plus. Do I think they have some bad business practices? Absolutely. But there are people who work on these projects, work on WandaVision, work on Mandalorian, work on uh, Mulan. This is probably a bad example to use, uh, but people who are working on these projects that are, it's a job, it's a paycheck. Like they, if tomorrow Disney came to me and said, hey, you can work as a PA on Falcon and Winter Soldier tomorrow, am I going to let the fact that I don't like their personal politics or the company's politics impact me going to go work on a Marvel project? Absolutely not. I'm just going to sit there. I, again, like I, I do this with my social media anyways, is I don't really post political stuff in general because I, it does no one any good. All it does is create arguments. People are not going to agree with you, and they're either going to call you you know, whatever name in the book because they can, they will. But there are people on there that are blue-collar people who just want to, want to work, do their job, get their paycheck, support their families. And as much as Gina Carano is probably not going to be financially impacted by this a whole lot because she will get gigs, she will get other movies, it'll take some time – in Hollywood, probably, to get those things. But it will happen again. Um, it, you are messing with people's livelihoods when you're doing that. And you just can't... If you want to be truly compassionate about people, regardless of gender, regardless of race, regardless of if they're trans or not, you are, when you're doing these things or wanting the cancellations of these shows or cancellations of these people, you are impacting not just them, but you're impacting their families, people that rely on their livelihoods. And that's what's missing is you want to promote that you are compassionate and that you care about people, but then you want to cancel certain projects because X has a different feeling about Z. And that ultimately is the problem. Not having nuanced conversations, not conceding middle ground, and and bludgeoning someone over the head with saying this is the right ideas to have. Anyone can have an idea. Ideas can change. I, I go back to. Um, in fact, I'll pull it up here while we're recording. Um, dogma. 
which is probably one of my favorite Kevin Smith movies, has one quote, and this is it's more directed towards religion, but I, politics and religion, and politics has become a religion. Um, but there's this particular quote, and if I can find it real quick here, I'm, I'm going to have it, um, that um, Chris Rock's character says that I'm just like, this is what, um, this is the mentality that people uh, need to have. And while I'm looking for it, take over for a little bit. Oh, man. I, I feel like we're getting to the point where we're beating a dead horse. But, <laughs> I mean, I I think what it really boils down to for me is these. everyone has an opinion. A lot of them are unpopular. <laughs> Most of them are unpopular. I'm sure ours are unpopular. <laughs> um, and, and I just don't want people to, to get... The person, you know, yeah, you know, for, for having them, right? As much and as I'll, I'll just be like, all right, I disagree with you, but go right ahead. To get perfect it. example before I get to my quote. What did I think of Alex Jones before I actually got to like see or hear Alex Jones? I hate him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought he was a despicable human being. I don't believe necessarily anything he says. But when I when I have heard him or when I have seen him make appearances, he's entertaining. He's funny to watch. He's funny to make fun of. That's what you should be doing. Content. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Content. Baked Alaska. That's another person to kind of throw in there. I hate the guy, but would I watch some of his stuff to make fun of it? Absolutely. Um, so here's the quote. Um, and this is... In in discussion about you know Jesus and everything, and there's a lot of truth in this quote. But uh, the quote is: He still digs humanity, but it bothers him to see the shit that gets carried out in his name: wars, bigotry, televangelism, but especially the faction of all the religions. He said humanity took a good idea and, like always, built a belief structure on it. Response: Having beliefs isn't good. And the reply is: I think it's better to have ideas. You can change an idea. Changing a belief is a lot trickier. And it goes a little bit further on to say, like, you know, people will die for beliefs. People will fight wars for beliefs. And that's currently kind of what we're in right now. It's not ideas. It's beliefs. It is a religion. Uh, it's it's not a traditional religion in that sense. But for for some, when you don't when you don't have religion, you replace it with something else. And Just, this, this is basically what these people are replacing yeah. it. it the, the politics becomes their religion. Especially when you have uh, congressmen and congresswomen who are calling the capital sacred. It, it's, it is not a place of worship. It is a place of getting business done for the country, trying to you know look after the American people and to try to do the best job they can. It's not a temple. It is not... A religion, our president, whether it's Joe Biden or Trump or Clinton, Bush, Reagan, Nixon, Washington, Adams, any of these presidents we've had. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln, um, uh, whoever, you know, even William Henry Harrison for Ford. like the, for the two days he was president before he died from pneumonia. Uh, none of them are our God. And I think that, and this is both sides, they don't know how to separate that. They believe that this is our figurehead. We need to pray to this person to get the things that we need or things that we want. And 
that's the wrong mentality to have. As soon as, you know, Biden was elected, I didn't just start crying out in the street. I just go, okay, this will be four years. We'll see what's going to happen. Things might get bad. Things might be better. I don't know. I can't judge on a president until after their presidency or at least after their first term. So I really do think, like you said, people who aren't religious, and I mean, I'm not super religious. I know you're not necessarily super religious either, but we don't let politics become that religion. It doesn't supplement it. It doesn't become it. We just go, eh, that's some fucked up shit. Let's make fun of it. (laughs) Point, laugh. Yeah. I mean, because if you can't laugh, then there's no point. You know, if you can't have some enjoyment and if you can't have the freedom to express what you want or how you feel, that's where the problem is. And I hope that that's not the future we're going down. So I can say here at the podcast, I, I think I can safely say for you and I can say for myself, we stand with Gina but we're not going to let that determine um, anything else. We're not going to determine whether we watch the next season of The Mandalorian, uh, any of the MCU shows. We're going to judge those things individually based on the content and the story and not by the actors and their personal beliefs. So I don't have any other final words. What Do you have any final thoughts? I'm all set. All right. Well, if you guys did listen, I appreciate it. I know Pat appreciates it too. Uh, This was a little bit different podcast for us, uh, a little bit more serious, a little bit more politically oriented. Uh, We apologize if you were wanting something, you know, for escapism or or didn't even want us to to even talk about this subject. Like I said at the beginning, and it's probably going to be titled this, you don't have to listen to this episode. Um, I expect us to probably be the lowest listened episode outside of some family members who know we are making this episode uh, in advance. Um, I, I, it's it's not fun to make an episode like this. I mean, it'd be more fun if like this was our podcast, like if we were just constantly talking about politics and making fun of stuff. But uh, this was just a serious subject that we felt like since we'd covered Mandalorian, we've talked about Gina Carano, uh, you know, in her career or at least her appearances on the show. We felt like we needed to talk about it, kind of give our opinions, our thoughts on the subject. Uh, So if you did like kind of this content or this type of episode, just write into the podcast at criticsnotcynics at gmail.com. Let us know if if you liked it, if you want to hear more of this type of stuff. Like I said, this is kind of a stepping stone a little bit to see if we want to launch a show in the near future, kind of doing this type of content as well as continuing critics, not cynics. Um, but you know, this is, this is a little bit wary, wary area for us to go into, but as always, you can follow the podcast at critics, not cynics, um, podcast on Facebook critics at critics, NT cynics on Twitter. Uh, the podcast is on, Podbean, uh, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Apple, iTunes, basically anywhere you can get your podcasts. Uh, We are in the process of getting kind of the audio only, some of the audio only uh, stuff up on YouTube. Um, kind of the what we had intended with doing with this 100th episode was doing a live or a live show or at least a, a recorded video, um, having a debate about Star Trek versus Star Wars. Uh, but we just didn't it was going to take too long for us to get stuff together and, and make sure we we put something 
that wasn't complete shit out <laughs> for everyone. So we appreciate you guys uh, listening, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>